Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Holiday Stories. A Luckless Santa Claus by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Miss Harmon was responsible for the whole thing. If it had not been for her foolish whim, Talbot would not have made a fool of himself and, but I'm getting ahead of my story, it was Christmas Eve. Salvation Army Santa Clauses with highly colored noses proclaimed it as they beat upon rickety paper chimneys with tin spoons. Package-laden old bachelors forgot to worry about how many slippers and dressing gowns they would have to thank people for the next day and joined in the general air of excitement that pervaded busy Manhattan. In the parlor of a house situated on a dimly lighted residence street somewhere east of Broadway sat the lady who, as I have said before, started the whole business. She was holding a conversation half frivolous, half sentimental with a thoughtlessly dressed young man who sat with her on the sofa. All of this was quite right and proper, however, for they were engaged to be married in June. Harry Talbot, said Dorothy Harmon, as she rose and stood laughing at the merry young gentleman beside her. If you aren't the most ridiculous boy I've ever met, I'll eat that terrible box of candy you brought me last week. Dorothy reproved the young man. You should receive gifts in a spirit in which they are given. The box of candy cost me much of my hard-earned money. Your hard-earned money indeed, scoffed Dorothy. You know very well that you never earned a cent in your life. Golf and dancing, that's the sum total of your occupations. Why, you can't even spend money, much less earn it. My dear Dorothy, I succeeded in running up some very choice bills last month, as you will find if you consult my father. That's not spending your money, that's wasting it. Why, I don't think you could give away $25 in the right way to save your life. But why on earth? remonstrated Harry. Should I want to give away $25? Because, explained Dorothy, that would be real charity. It's nothing to charge a desk to your father and have it sent to me, but to give money to people you don't know is something. Why, any old fellow can give money away, protested Harry. Then, exclaimed Dorothy, we'll see if you can. I don't believe that you could give $25 in the course of an evening if you tried. Indeed I could. Then try it. And Dorothy, dashing into the hall, took down his coat and hat and placed them in the reluctant hands. It is now half past eight. You be here by ten o'clock. But, but, gasped Harry. Dorothy was edging him towards the door. How much money have you? She demanded. Harry gloomily put his hand in his pocket and counted out a handful of bills. Exactly twenty-five dollars and five cents. Very well. Now listen. 
these are the conditions. You go out and you give this money to anybody you care to whom you have never seen before. Don't give more than $2 to any one person and be back here by 10 o'clock with no more than five cents in your pocket. But, declared Harry, still backing towards the door, I want my $25. Harry, said Dorothy sweetly, I am surprised. And with that, she slammed the door in his face. I insist, muttered Harry. This is the most unusual proceeding. He walked down the steps and hesitated. Now, he thought, where shall I go? He considered a moment and finally started off towards Broadway. He had gone about half a block when he saw a gentleman in a top hat approaching. Harry hesitated, then he made up his mind, and stepping towards the man, emitted what he intended for a pleasant laugh, but what sounded more like a gurgle, and loudly said, Merry Christmas, friend! The same to you, answered he of the top hat, and would have passed on, but Harry was not to be denied. My good fellow, he cleared his throat, would you like me to give you a little money? What? yelled the man. You might need some money, don't you know, to, uh, buy the children a rag doll? He finished brilliantly. The next moment, his hat went sailing into the gutter, and when he picked it up, the man was far away. There's five minutes wasted, muttered Harry, as full of wrath towards Dorothy. He strode along his way. He decided to try a different method with the next people he met. He would express himself more politely. A couple approached him, a young lady and her escort. Harry halted directly in their path and, taking off his hat, addressed them. As it is Christmas, you know, and everybody gives away, uh, articles, why... Give him a dollar, Billy, and let's go on, said the young lady. Billy obediently thrust a dollar into Harry's hand, and at that moment the girl gave a cry of surprise. Why, it's Harry Talbot, she exclaimed. Begging! But Harry heard no more. When he realized that he knew the girl, he turned and sped like an arrow up the street, cursing his foolhardiness and taking up the affair at all. He reached Broadway and started slowly down the gaily lighted thoroughfare, intending to give money to the street people he met. All around him was the bustle of preparation. Everywhere swarmed people happy in the pleasant concert of their own generosity. Harry felt strangely out of place as he wandered aimlessly along. He was used to being catered to and bowed before, but here no one spoke to him, and one or two even had the audacity to smile at him and wish him a Merry Christmas. He nervously accosted a passing boy. I say, little boy, I'm going to give you some money. No, you ain't, said the boy sturdily. I don't want none of your money. Rather abashed, Harry continued down the street. He tried to present 50 cents to an inebriated man, but the policeman tapped him on the shoulder and told him to move on. He drew up beside a ragged individual and quietly whispered, Do you wish some money? I'm on, said the tramp. What's the job? Oh, there's no job, Harry reassured him. Trying to kid me? Hey, growled the tramp resentfully. Well, get somebody else, and he slunk off into the crowd. Next, Harry tried to squeeze 10 cents into the hand of a passing bellboy, but the youth pulled open his coat and displayed a sign, No Tipping! With the air of a thief, Harry approached an Italian bootblack and cautiously deposited 10 cents in his hand. At a safe distance, he saw the boy wanderingly pocket the dime and congratulated himself. He had but $24.90 yet to give away. His last success gave him a plan. He stopped at a newsstand where, in full sight of the vendor, he dropped a $2 bill and sped away into the crowd. After several minutes hard running, he came to walk amidst the curious glances of the bundle-laden passers-by and was mentally patting himself on the back when he heard quick breathing behind him. And the very newsy he had just left thrust into his hand the $2 bill and was off like a flash. The perspiration streamed from Harry's forehead and he trudged along despondently. He got rid of 25 cents, however, by dropping it into a children's aid slot. He tried to get 50 cents in, but it was a real small slot. His first large sum was $2 to a Salvation Army Santa Claus, and after this, he kept a sharp lookout for them. 
but it was past their closing time and he saw no more of them on his journey. He was now crossing Union Square, and after another half hour's patient work, he found himself with only $15 left to give away. A wet snow was falling, which turned to slush as it touched the pavements, and the light dancing pumps he wore were drenched, the water oozing out of his shoe with every step he took. He reached Cooper Square and turned into the Bowery. The number of people on the streets was fast thinning, and all around him shops were closing up and their occupants going home. Some boys jeered at him, but turning up his collar, he plodded on. In his ears rang the saying, mockingly yet kindly, It is more blessed to give than receive. He turned up 3rd Avenue and counted his remaining money. It amounted to $3.70. Ahead of him, he perceived through the thickening snow, two men standing under a lamppost. Here was his chance. He could divide his $3.70 between them. He came up to them and tapped one on the shoulder. The man, a thin, ugly-looking fellow, turned suspiciously. Won't you have some money, you fellow? He said imperiously for he was angry at humanity in general and Dorothy in particular. The fellow turned savagely. Oh, he sneered, you're one of those stiffs trying the charity gag and then getting us pulled for begging. Come on, Jim, let's show him what we are. And they showed him. They hit him. They mashed him. They got him down and jumped on him. They broke his hat, they tore his coat, and Harry, gasping, striking, panting, went down in the slush. He thought of the people who had that very night wished him a Merry Christmas. He was certainly having it. Miss Dorothy Harmon closed her book with a snap. It was past 11 and no Harry. What was keeping him? He had probably given up and gone home long ago. With this in mind, she reached up to turn out the light when suddenly she heard a noise outside as if someone had fallen. Dorothy rushed to the window and pulled up the blind. There, coming up the steps on his hands and knees, was a wretched caricature of a man. He was hatless, coatless, collarless, tieless, and covered with snow. It was Harry. He opened the door and walked into the parlor, leaving a trail of wet snow behind him. Well, he said defiantly. Harry, she gasped. Can it be you? Dorothy, he said solemnly. It is me. What, what has happened? Oh, nothing. I've just been giving away that $25. And Harry sat down on the sofa. But Harry, she faltered. Your eye is all swollen. Oh, my eye? Let me see. Oh, that was on the $22. I had some difficulty with two gentlemen. However, we afterwards struck up quite an acquaintance. I had some luck after that. I dropped $2 in a blind beggar's hat. You have been all evening giving away that money? My dear Dorothy, I have decidedly been all evening giving away that money. He rose and brushed a lump of snow from his shoulder. I really must be going now. I have two uh, friends outside waiting for me. He walked towards the door. Two friends? Why, uh, they are two gentlemen I had the difficulty with. They are coming home with me to spend Christmas. They are really nice fellows, though they might seem a trifle rough at first. Dorothy drew a quick breath. For a minute, no one spoke. Then he took her in his arms. Dearest, she whispered, you did this all for me. A minute later, he sprang down the steps and arm in arm with his friends walked off into the darkness. Good night, Dorothy, he called back, and a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.